What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Verzi Effect podcast show. My name is Paul Verzi, and today is Friday, January 27th, 2017, and you guys are listening to episode 291. Hope everybody had a good time in between. Hope you are doing well. Have a great show for you guys today. Going to talk about a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff going on in Washington. Going to talk about the Super Bowl coming up. I mean, I'm I mean, I'll allude to my pick, and I think I pretty much picked it already on some other shows. Um, I'll get further into it next week because uh, this Sunday is not the Super Bowl. They always wait two weeks. So I'll get into it uh, more then, but I'll talk about it a little bit today. Also, um, talk about some sports stuff that I did this week. Uh, No movie, unfortunately, Um, but just a lot of stuff. I just got back, by the way from an insane breakfast that I, it was such an insane breakfast that I want to talk about it. Um, of course my unacceptable, your guys unacceptables. Uh, so it is a, uh, full packed Verzi effect podcast doing this one on Friday because of an awful mistake that I made on, uh, Thursday, actually Wednesday and Thursday, which made me have to do it, uh, early on Friday, uh, because I was not able to get this done yesterday for a couple of reasons, uh, which I will explain to you guys after, uh, all which are my bad, uh, and one was, uh, ridiculous what I did, uh, yesterday, well, I will talk about that as well, uh, but first, uh, before we get into the show, gotta do the sponsors of Verzi Effect Podcast, is sponsored by City Living Dog, citylivingdog.com, Coach Mike and his services, one of the best dog trainers out there, please check out Coach Mike and CityLivingDog.com. Watch his unbelievable dog training videos on YouTube. Check out his Facebook, his Instagram, his Twitter, everything. Uh, City Living Dog Services and Coach Mike. Uh, he's actually helped train our wolf that uh, I have here sitting behind me with his bone. Because why get a purebred, everybody? Why get a Toyota? Why get something that you know works? Why get a fucking lab or a golden retriever or something? No, why? no. Go adopt a fucking wolf, okay? And uh, but we did adopt a wolf, and he is basically uh, better because of Coach Mike. So check out City Living Dog Services and Coach Mike. Check out all the also Facebook lives, um, all of his training or training sessions, and he puts uh, unbelievable YouTube videos out there. So citylivingdog.com. Also, all things comedy, guys. Go to all things comedy for your favorite. Uh, podcasts, amazing comedy podcasts on there, amazing podcasts in general on uh, All Things Comedy. You can also check out All Things Records. They have amazing comedy albums on there, and they are expanding uh, some big stuff coming up with All Things Comedy as well. I'm very proud that the Verzi Effect podcast um, is on their network. Uh, It's one of the best podcast networks that there is out there. So check them out, allthingscomedy.com for all of those podcasts and albums and all kinds of... uh, announcements, and they're going to be doing some uh, media stuff and, and videos, and also follow them on Twitter at All Things Comedy. Now, uh, I am going to have to put the dog outside because I could tell the way he's acting, so I will do that, but you guys will not feel a thing. All right, I am back, and I can't put my dog outside because it was too cold and windy, so he will just trying to distract him, try to give him a treat or a bone or whatever, hopefully... He will, uh, he will cooperate during this thing, or he's going to be fucking cold for the next hour. It's his choice, everybody. Um, <laughs> so wherever you may be right now, guys, I want you to sit back. I want you to relax. 
I want you to enjoy the show. Enjoy the nonsense that I'm about to spew here for the next hour. Whether you are in your car, you were in your home office, you were at your desk, uh, at your cubicle. You know, no matter what you're doing, sitting around just wanting to listen to uh, a comedian talk shit. All right? Get ready for episode 291. And like I said, the first thing I want to talk about on this show today, guys, is the breakfast that I just had. Now, I do not know if it is that I'm getting older. I do not know if it is the Greek in me. I don't know what is happening. But sitting down in a diner, either with a friend or by myself, with the newspaper or my cell phone, reading the news on my cell phone or or updates on my phone or whatever it is, um, I love going into a fucking diner. There is something about it. New York diners are the best. Uh, The town where my daughter goes to daycare, I think it's like the best diner I've ever been to. So yesterday, we, uh, me and my buddy Giannis, Giannis came up the night before because he uh, had a show in um, Westchester. So he comes over to house and uh, we wake up the next day. Uh, Yesterday, we go down to the diner, drop my daughter off at her, uh, at her daycare and I order a couple eggs over medium. You guys know I like the over medium. I go a couple eggs over medium, side of bacon, you know, hold the toast, hold the potatoes, all that stuff, you know. And Giannis orders the, uh, the Florentine omelet, which is basically just an omelet with spinach and feta cheese. And he bites it. And I told him how good the diner was. And he bites it. And... He starts raving about this thing to the point where I leaned over in my booth. I was hysterical laughing. It was so fucking funny. He's like, this is the best thing I've ever had. No, no, look at the way they cooked it. The feta is even melted. This is the best thing I've ever had. And I'm not going to lie. His omelet looked so good that I wasn't disappointed with my order because, you know, eggs over medium is, is my shit. You guys know that. And eggs over medium, when you cut it, if it doesn't, if the yolk doesn't ooze out a lot, but just a little bit, that's when you know it's cooked right. So I definitely enjoyed my breakfast, 100%. But his omelet looked insane. So today, uh, I was up, up and at him today. I went to bed early, slept many hours, feel good, dropped my daughter off, and I'm like, I'm going back to that diner, and I'm going to get that Florentine omelet. I go, I get it. By far the best breakfast I ever had. I got an extra side of bacon, or, or a side of bacon, which was cooked to perfection, okay? Some people like it crispy like potato chips. Some people like it chewy. Me, I like a fine middle there. A little bit of crunch, but not not fully like a, a potato chip. It was cooked perfectly. The omelet was the best. It was fluffy, yet still not undercooked. It was the best omelet I've ever had. The spinach, the feta, it was insane, okay? I got hold the fucking toast, Hold the potatoes, but just give me an English muffin. I had an English muffin cooked to perfection, delicious. A little bit of butter, not too much butter. Coffee, water, done. Arguably the best breakfast I've had, not just in my adult life. In my fucking life, I just had one of the best breakfasts ever. And I'm looking around and I'm going, how great is a great diner? How amazing is a great diner? Think about what you could do at a diner. You could go to a diner... I mean, it really is. Giannis said the best thing. It's like a nightclub for adults, for old people. You could go to a diner at 4 o'clock in the morning and get apple pie. 
You could go to a diner at 4 o'clock in the morning and get a cocktail. I mean, it's not going to be your finest hour, but you could do it. You could go to a diner at, at, at 5.30 in the morning and get soup. You could get chicken parm. You could get a fucking steak. It's basically like, it's like the close. it's like Vegas. It's like the closest thing to eating late in Vegas because you could just get anything. I mean, it's unbelievable. And it's been taken for granted. The American diner has been taken for granted by people that are under the age of like fucking 55. Because I think people in their 50s and shit, 60s, no. They already know. It's like their secret. If you notice, I didn't tell you the town and I'm not telling you the fucking diner because I don't want people going to it because I want it to be a secret. I like it to be like empty and, and you have to figure this shit out for yourself. And I'm sure you got good diners near you, but go to the diner. A diner? Are you? I just had the best cup of coffee I ever had in my fucking life. I'm not even kidding. I had the best omelet and the best cup of coffee I ever had in my fucking life and I'm going, holy shit, this is amazing. Giannis and I were talking in there yesterday and saying like, this is like, this is like getting old is great. Getting older? I mean, I'm not talking... I mean, I'm in my 30s. I'm not older. I'm just saying, though. I'm looking forward to, to decades, knock on wood, God willing, decades and decades of going to a fucking diner, getting a piece of pie, getting a, getting an omelet, breakfast anytime you want, pancakes, fucking cake, cookies. Ah, oh, it's amazing. Diners, underrated, underappreciated. Now, a shitty diner sucks, and if you had a bad dining experience, but I mean, I'm talking about this one. They redid this one. I'll give you Westchester people some clues. There's a great daycare center there, and they redid this. They renovated and redid this diner a couple years ago, and it is like a diner on steroids, and the food is incredible. It's like fine dining uh, uh, diner. But I just feel like diners are just... You know, you go in there, read the sports page, get a coffee. You don't have, you could get anything. You get a little bowl of fruit. See, that's what I think a diner gives that people don't understand. I think a lot of times people think diner is just breakfast. You know, when you're a kid, you and your buddies get drunk and you went to Denny's because that's what I did. We'd get drunk, we'd party till four in the morning and then the whole high school would end up at Denny's. And you would just get the fucking early, what is it, whatever, moons over my hammy and all that shit, right? I feel like, you're trained for breakfast at diners. And that's mainly what I do get. But you don't realize the options that you have. A diner just gives you everything. Open-faced turkey and gravy sandwich. Sure. Done. Done. Can I get a chicken parm dinner with spaghetti? Done. And I know what you're saying, Paul. You don't go to a diner for an Italian dinner. You're absolutely right. However, there are a handful of diners in Westchester County that I know people, I know Italians, I know Sicilians, I know these people go, you will get a great Italian meal at this diner. It's rare, it's 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 not obviously ideal, you don't really go there for an Italian meal. However, if you happen to go to a diner with a bunch of people that wanted to go to a diner, and you wanted Italian, and you could go to a certain place, and they could get all their shit, their eggs, their breakfast, and you could get an Italian dish that you would be very, very happy and satisfied with. It's very rare. It's far and few between. Not many, but you can do it. That's the option you get. Or you do go to an Italian restaurant. You eat. You're not in the mood for dessert because you're too full. So afterwards, you go. You smoke a cigar. And then for a little nightcap, you say, hey, you want to go get a piece of pie and a coffee? Well, wow, everywhere's closed. Not a diner. Not a diner. 
A diner is just a gift that keeps on giving. It's just a, it's just a gift that keeps on giving. Remember, fellas, when you were younger and there was a girl that you hooked up with? I guess you could call it a booty call, right? There was a girl that you hooked up with. You didn't date her. You weren't together. It was almost just like a friend. But you had this sexual thing where you could just call up and get it done. You know, some guys, look, I love the guys that are listening right now going, fuck, I never had that. You guys know what I'm talking about. Just, ah, yeah, you know, I'm going to go call fucking, you know, I don't even want to say a name because then, you know, some, no, you know, just to fuck, (laughs) I don't even have a name. I'm just saying, you know, yeah, I got to call, go call Cindy, see what Cindy's doing, you know, and Cindy fucking loved you and she didn't care if she was seeing another guy or what you were doing. She just loved you and you could call her up and you could get, you could hook up, right? You just hope she answered. You hoped, you hoped that it was like it worked out or she was home, right? Sometimes it didn't work. You know, and, and a lot of times it did, but the times it did. The diner is that is that hookup. The diner is Cindy that always answers the phone. It's incredible. You know, it's just amazing. I'm a diner nut now. A good diner is you give me the diner and like the daily news of the New York Post. Uh, I'm I'm the happiest person in the world. Let me know about some good diners. Uh, what did she say? Of course I'm getting a text. I love my wife to death. Okay. Lord knows I do, but my wife has an uncanny ability, an unbelievable gift of either calling me or texting me at the worst possible fucking time ever. I mean, ever, I mean, fucking ever. Like, I swear to God, like, if, if I ever got, like, a purple heart, like, as the president was putting it around my neck, she, a, a phone call would be like, you got to get home now. I don't care that you're at the White House. Like, I'm telling you, she just... I did a joke back in the day where I was on my... I said I would be on my deathbed, like, taking my last breaths. Uh, dude, God forbid, but I, I said that, right? And, like, right as I'm about to, like, take my last breath, my wife is just like, um, we need garbage bags. I I know it's hard to breathe and everything, but, like, I don't have time to go get them. Like, her timing for shit. And I'm wondering if it's just because I'm always, like, busy or doing something and she's asking or if other people have that. Because I've talked to people that are like, yeah, no, my wife is just at the worst time. Absolute worst time. Uh, And it's weird when you text somebody something like, hey, do you think you could do this? And then they don't get back to you for hours. And then it's just still not done. You don't know if they did it. I don't know. Um, Another thing, speaking of texts and phones and shit. All right. This is something that I need to, to rant about. Okay. I need to rant about this for a second. I made a huge mistake, everybody. And I'm going to publicly talk about my mistake on my podcast right now. All right. Um, I have been... Lying to myself and in denial that my Android phone is good. I had an iPhone for, what was it, seven years? I had an iPhone for like when iPhones first came out. I might have been a little late to the party. I think I got an iPhone like six months or a year after the first one came out. But I got it. And I think I started with the 4S. And then I ended up getting a 5. Then I ended up getting a 5S. Then I had a 6S. And then I went to Android, okay? By far, one of the worst decisions I've made in my adult life 
was going to this just because it's got a big screen. Now, I will say, watching movies, watching videos, shit like that, it's amazing. And I got the curved, I got the curved screen, so my whole entire phone looks like a, like a little, you know, t- TV, and that's great. As far as convenience, I've almost been in accidents because I used to be able to be in my car with Surrey and hit the button and say, you know, going to one, two, three Smith Street directions, please. And it would fucking come up. Now I'm trying to get Google Maps up while I'm driving. You almost get into accidents. All right. Android system has been down more times than not. The service is not nearly as good. It's not nearly as convenient. You know, you could, it's just an absolute fucking nightmare. Out of nowhere, my screen was dimmed yesterday. I went down to the city. Uh, I was going to do the Ron Bennington show, which, oh my God, I got to talk about that after this. But I couldn't see my screen because for some reason the brightness was all the way down. So now I'm driving. I can't see directions. I don't know where the fuck I'm going. I know it's in Midtown. I can't find it. And I'm cursing this fucking phone. All right. People are saying to me, hey, uh, hey, Paul. Why don't, uh, you know, why don't you, why does your text look like this? Oh, it's because you don't have a fucking this. I can't FaceTime with my family when I'm on the road because I fucking saw Lil Wayne pour champagne on a fucking phone and they told me that it was waterproof and I thought that was cool because it had a big fucking screen like a fucking idiot. It actually had nothing to do with the water. I got it because these fucking liars at Verizon, and by the way, that's what they do. They're like, oh, you could go with the iPhone, but this is way better phone. One guy was even like, oh, that phone's my baby right there. I'm like, oh, really? Why? Oh, you just get more memory. Oh, you get this. Oh, you get all these options. This guy's selling it to me. All right? Like, I'm going to be this smart guy getting this fucking Galaxy uh, 7S that I have. And it's an absolute shit show. It is a shit show. It sucks. I'm going back to iPhone. I don't care what it costs. I'm going to get the 7 or the 7S or right when the next iPhone comes out. I'm going to keep this because I don't want to get an iPhone now. And then like the fucking iPhone 8.9S Turbo comes out. And I'm the fucking asshole with the, you know, with the 7 from 2016 or whatever. So I'm going to wait for the new iPhone. And when the new iPhone comes out, I'm going there. I'm handing this Android in. I t- I'm telling everybody right now, don't believe the hype. Forget the fact that you can get more on the phone, as far as memory and all that, pay for more memory, you get what you pay for, fuck Android, go iPhone, I'm going back, I'm coming home, Apple, I am coming the fuck home, I am done, you know what it's like to curse your phone, I'm sitting there driving, I'm going, I need to get this this piece of shit, I want to throw it out the window, then people are like, why do you have an Android, and you know when they're right, and you're annoyed that they're right, you're like, yeah, I don't know, I don't know, I fucked up, that's why, um, so yeah, it's, it's just been, it's been an absolute nightmare. Uh, Samsung does a good job. I know they make good products, but iPhone is just easier. And an amazing thing happened. An amazing thing happened. I, I wrote this joke and I remember that the joke was very, um, I remember that the joke was very dark or not dark, but I remember it was really like, Wow. That's going to really upset some people, right? And I got a couple of those right now. But this one is like, this one was really kind of nuts. But it's a really well, I'm not going to lie. It's a, it's a well-written joke, all right? It's one of those gems, you know? It's one of those amazing jokes. And uh, I, I texted the joke to Bill Burr, and I remember he loved it. And he was like, dude, that joke is, that's an insane joke. 
you know, and and, and he comp- he said something like a David Tell type of level joke, and I was like, oh my god, that's insane. But it's one of those jokes where it's almost just to talk to friends about, and it's one of those jokes like amongst comics they like it, but like I'd have to be really really smart where I place it on um where I place it on in a set, and. I don't know what happened. I had my my issues over the summer and I had my you know my my breakdown and everything that was going on with me, the depression and it fell through the cracks and I'm writing my new hour um which I have an announcement to make. I can't go the full announcement. The full announcement will be in a couple of weeks, but I could definitely say something now which is pretty cool. So you guys are getting filled with filled with uh some stories here on this one. All right, this is like if there was an episode, you know when like a season has episodes and there's like one or two episodes leading up that give you a lot in the story? Well, this is that type of Verzi Effect podcast. You're going to be like, oh, well, 91 explained a lot of this. That's what you're going to get in this one. All right, you're welcome. So anyway, I forgot this joke and I didn't, and I looked all over and I couldn't write it down. So I'm texting friends and I was texting with Burr and I go, please tell me you remember that joke. You know, you, you liked it. You were complimentary about it, you know, and, and let me know, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, I don't, I don't. And I'm going, oh my God. And I'm looking at my phone and I'm thinking about calling the phone company and all kinds of shit to find out where I could get this joke, where I could find it. I'm calling friends. Do you remember that one joke I said? And they're like, no, no. I'm looking through my papers. I don't see it. I don't see it on my, my new hour notes and all this stuff. And I'm freaking out. And all of a sudden, I remembered that I did not throw out or give away my old iPhone. So my old iPhone was there. And I charged it last night and I opened it today and I went back and I went back to text messages that I had with Burr. And sure enough, in May, it was sitting right there and I have it. And I was like, that was a sign. I got to go back to iPhone. So I got the joke. I don't know if and when I could ever use it, but I got the joke. And I probably will use it if I'm in a mood on stage. See what happens. Uh, But that felt good. Um, By the way, Yesterday, I know I mentioned it. Yesterday, I went into the Ron Bennington show, and I got to tell you, um, what a legend. And it was one of those things where Ron Bennington is one of those guys where you like keep hearing how great he is. Like, oh, I'm doing the Bennington show. Isn't that great? That guy's great. You know, like people literally compare him to Howard Stern. People are like, he's the best on in radio. Like Stern may be the best interviewer, but Ron Bennington is like the best radio guy. He just, it's so easy. It's so natural to him. The flow of the show is amazing. And I did it yesterday and I felt that. Like this guy is so cool. And I was honored to get on the show because he saw me uh, perform. You know, he hosted a show at the stand. And uh, I remember I just had a really good set and, and he was there. I was lucky enough to have him and some other comics in the room when I had a good set. And he was just like, wow, man, I want you on my show. And, and sure enough, I went on the show, had a great time. I was on with this uh, comic from Philadelphia or uh, the Philly area. Um, funny guy, uh, Shane uh, Gillis and me were on with uh, Ron Bennington and his daughter, Gail. Just had a great time. Uh, check out the Ron Bennington show on Sirius. So good. So good. And like, you know, the guys seen and come up with everybody like Richard Pryor and everybody. So just so amazing to uh, to do his show and everything. Um, like that. I have an announcement on the special, but I think my son is going to be getting off the bus soon, so I don't want to be sitting here talking and miss him. But, um, I will say this. My special will be shot. It looks like my special is going to be shot in Westchester County. All right, I'm going to have definite final confirmation on that soon. Um, another big announcement is that, uh, 
my buddy from Saturday Night Live, uh, Pete Davidson. If you guys know, Pete is the younger guy on Saturday Night Live. Uh, I think Pete's like 23. He did my show. He's on his third season of SNL right now. Uh, and he, we were sitting together, and uh, they kind of said, hey, man. Uh, Pete was like, hey, I'll direct, you want me to direct this thing or whatever? And I was like, I don't know. And anyway, long story short, we talked. And after talking with my agents and all this stuff, um, he's going to executive produce it because he's getting into that. He's executive producing some show on MTV now. He's getting into the whole like production of things. And uh, he's going to be executive producing my special. And uh, I have some of the biggest people that have done specials ever in the country working on this thing. I'm really excited about it. That's all I could give right now. But uh, we're also working on titles. But my special will be shot in Westchester, I believe, uh, April or May. So that's what I could give you guys right now. All right. Um, and there's no, I mean, look, I gotta. I want to do my first one from, from New York, too. I mean, I did want to go places, but the way that it's working out, I think uh, waiting for that, I will definitely do it in other places. But uh, I think for this one, it's going to be done in Westchester County. And I'm leaning towards the Terrytown Music Hall. Uh, so there's another, that's not definite, but that's like 85, 90% where it's going to be. All right. Uh, more info on that as everything kind of unfolds and it pretty much should within the next, uh, week or so. Uh, all right. Now I had such a good time last weekend. I want to thank everybody, uh, who came out to, and, and, and hung out at, uh, Dangerfield's New York Comedy Club. I actually, oh, I wanted to talk about this too because I know that it's going on right now. The roast battle thing is going on right now on Comedy Central. And uh, I've talked about it on many podcasts. And if you know me or whatever, the roast battle thing was never something I really took a part in. Just because when I'm working on an hour, like I'm not going to sit, I don't have time to sit and write pages of jokes shitting on my peers. It's just not really, you know, I always said I'd rather just sit and trash each other with my friends the way you're, you know, the, the old school, the way it should be instead of just kind of trying to do it, um, so I guess you could say that I'm not the hugest fan of, of, um, roast battle, but I was asked to, uh, judge it at New York Comedy Club, and, um, I was there doing a spot anyways, like, yeah, listen, we're gonna put you on the show before, and if you wanna just stay and hang out and judge, you could do that, so, I, uh, I did, and I gotta tell you, you know, not that it's changed my mind on it, because I think my, the problem with roast battle is there's like formula jokes, you know, um, there's like, uh, well, so-and-so died cause they saw your act. It's always like a dead relative jokes. It's always like, um, you know, a tragedy compared to the person's, you know, behavior or act jokes. There's very like, if you watch, it's kind of along the same lines of things, a lot of references. However, there are, there are some amazing jokes in there. And I think the original ones is which, what is what makes people win. And that part I do understand. And judging it, I understand even more. So um, I just, you know, and I had a good time doing that. I had a great time performing um, at New York and Dangerfields. And this week I will be, uh, or next week I'll be over at the, um, at the stand. And then I, I got a bunch of uh, other dates coming up, which I'll talk about at the end of the show. But uh, I'll get into my unacceptable because uh, it's definitely relevant <laughs> to uh, what I'm talking about right now, performing, and a lot of it is driving, you know, places. And uh, I've mentioned before that I wanted to get a nice car. I wanted, I wanted to get a nice car. I want to get a Lexus or a Mercedes or something. And uh, with the driving, I can't. So I just stick to the Japanese engine, Toyota. They, they just don't die. Um, 
but you know, I'm sitting there and I'm like, man, I could fucking get a nice, like if I didn't put all these miles, I could lease a nice fucking luxury car, which I want. And it, and it just doesn't make sense for me. And, uh, here's, here's a perfect example of that. And it is my unacceptable for the week. And then I will get to your guys unacceptable for the week. We're halfway through the show. So this is perfect timing. Um, I, (laughs) I had a show. Well, let me just say this way. I talked about it on Bennington. So if you didn't hear that, I'll explain to you now on Wednesday night, what's today? Friday. Yeah. Wednesday night, I drove two and a half hours to a gig in Albany. Uh, that's tomorrow. That's Saturday. That's right. Everybody, for some reason I had the 25th in my mind for this gig. It's a fundraiser that they do. It's always sold out, uh, for my buddy, Vinnie Mark, who does it, um, does a show there. I don't know if it's monthly or, or, you know, quarterly or, you know, I don't know what it is, but it's a packed out show in Albany. And, uh, it's a big fundraiser that they do at one of the lodges up there. And, and, uh, I heard it's a great time. And for some reason I had it in my mind, the 25th, the 25th, the 25th. I don't know why as comedians, we get dates in our head. Yes. Yeah, the 25th. Of course I don't put it on my website. I don't put it in my calendar. So in my mind, and it's never, I'm not going to lie. It's never failed me yet. It's never failed me to this point. So I'm like, oh, the 25th. So I uh, I just have it locked in my head and I get in the car and it's a seven o'clock show. I looked up where it was. I looked at time. It's an early seven o'clock show. And I drop my, my uh, kids off to my mother's who lives near the Poughkeepsie area. So it's on the way. Um, get gas. The, the Waze app is telling me I'm going to be a few minutes late, but I'm like, oh, I'll cut some time down. I'm not going first on the show. There's a host and everything, so I'll probably have time. And I'm driving and I'm driving. And as I'm approaching Albany, going to an area that I do not know because it's outside of Albany, and even if it was in Albany, I still need the Waze to know exactly where the address is, of course. My phone is on like 5%, and I have 40-something minutes left which means my phone's going to die and I'm going to be in the middle of Albany and I'm going to and I don't have a phone charger with me. So I stop at like a gas station like a Stewart's and I'm running and I'm running and I, I get this thing and I, the charger's going up and seven o'clock comes along and I'm about 15 minutes from the gig and I'm going, wow, it's funny. Nobody called me. Vinny didn't call me. Nobody called me. So I call my buddy who's running the room and I go, uh, I, I call and, and he doesn't pick up the phone. So I just hang up and I'm like, all right, well, if he's not concerned about me being a few minutes late or whatever, I'm not going first. Maybe, maybe they're running late. Cause a lot of time fundraiser, it's not like a set, set schedule, uh, show. Maybe people are still eating they They didn't get to their seats yet or whatever. So all of a sudden I get a text message and it's him. And he says, uh, call me at 8 PM. I'm at a show. And then I go, I thought the show was seven. And he goes, yes, yeah, 7 PM Saturday. And I'm going, mother, f- are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? I just drove. I panicked because I was running late. I had to get another fucking $15 phone charger. I had to drop my kids to my mother's. And I'm thinking to myself, Paul, why would it be Wednesday? So he runs. He's doing a gig and he runs outside. And he goes, what are you doing, knucklehead? And I go, dude, I'm 15 minutes from the spot. And he goes, no, I told you uh, Saturday. He goes, remember we, and then he said this to me. He goes, remember we talked and you said the 25th? And I said, no, no, Paul, it's not the 25th. It's the 28th, Saturday. And I go, yeah, apparently not. So 
There you have it, everybody. I took a nice four and a half, five hour stroll at night uh, in my car up 87 and back for no reason. Uh, after being out the night before in the city till three in the morning. Uh, and that is exactly why you were getting uh, the Verzi Effect podcast on Friday instead of Thursday. Um, I've never done that before. I've talked to comedians that have done that. I've never done that. Um, I've definitely driven in the wrong direction. I was in a snowstorm and I missed a gig in Jersey because I was going the opposite way in a snowstorm. Things like that have happened in the in the years I've been doing this, but I've never actually drove hours to a gig only to find out that it was another day. Absolutely unacceptable. It's on me. Has nothing to do with my buddy who booked it. He told me I was the one who kept saying the 25th. Maybe that's why it was in my mind. So that gig is tomorrow, and I screwed up. Uh, Absolutely unacceptable, and I take full responsibility. All right, now we're going to get to your guys' unacceptables. Then we're going to do some sports. We'll talk uh, a little current events, what's going on out there. And uh, movies, I did not see any, but I am seeing two. And I know I keep telling you guys that, but I got two that I'm definitely going to be uh, to be checking out. All right, let's see here. First unacceptable from you guys is from Emilio Cantu. Emilio Cantu says, uh, hey me, Verzi? I don't know what the beginning of that means. Um, my name is Emilio, the UPS driver from Dallas. Two things I wanted to discuss. One is an unacceptable and the other is a question. My unacceptable is people complaining about customers getting mad (laughs) at UPS drivers for knocking. Laugh out loud. A few weeks ago, I heard your rant about the knocking, so decided to not knock that day. This lady had seven packages stolen from her front door and was upset since she was home and I didn't knock. So now I knock at every door. Uh, we are not required to knock, but those that do knock, uh, do it to help out the customer. Okay. But in my defense, Emilio, and I get what you're saying, I don't know if the knock is, you know, I don't know whether you knocked or not. I mean, timing wise, I guess, but so you're saying if you did knock, they wouldn't have been stolen because she was home. Okay. I mean, I guess I could buy that. I guess I can buy that. Um, I still think to knock real quick and then run is scary, but I get it. I get it. And somebody else told me that too. So, And my stepfather was a UPS driver for 20 years, so I'm going to back off and let you guys do what you do. Uh, my question is, when is a good age to move out of your parents? Uh, and how do you go about preparing your folks for the transition? I feel once I move out, my mom will be depressed. Any advice will help. Well, I don't know how old you are. Uh, sounds like to me you're young. I would say to you, um, as far as breaking the news, I mean, your parents just need to know. You know, it's time to go. Be like, look, I'm moving out. I'm going on my own. I need my privacy. You guys don't need me here anymore. Um, if you're not going far from your parents and you're going to visit all the time, it's probably going to be a good break for both of you guys. I could understand your parents feeling bad if you were moving to another state or doing something like that. But if you're staying in the same hood, man, I think, uh, I think everything should be fine with that. As far as what age, I think, um, I mean, look, I try to think when I was out, well, I went to college at 18, but then came back probably moved out around 21, 22 for good, but I wasn't really there that much from 18 to then because of college. So, I mean, look, if you're 30 or late 20s, you got to get the fuck out. But if you're in your, you know, 
early 20s, mid-20s, I guess, that, you know, that would be time. But I think, like, past 25, 26, 27, that's when I think it's a good, I, I think that's when you got to be like, all right, you know, if you're trying to save money on rent or whatever, I would I would say that. But thank you for the question and the unacceptable, Emilio. I appreciate it. Uh, here we go. Uh, this is from Kyle. Okay, this is a regular here. Kyle Santaliquido says, I was at an emergency care, uh, and they have a part of the waiting room with kids' toys and a TV. I think they didn't know Family Guy wasn't a kid's show. How is there an office full of people and no one knows what Family Guy is? And is and if somebody did uh, that worked there, why wouldn't they say anything? It's not like it just came on either because... Uh, as a longtime Family Guy fan, I know it's on 10.30 to 11.30, and I was there close to 11, and there were still a few kids in there. This probably means that the kids also just finished sitting through two episodes of American Dad, which, if you don't know, is a show created by the same guy. Um, it sounds to me, and I get what you're saying, but it sounds to me that they don't know, that they just see a cartoon Plus, I would imagine people that work in a doctor's office, all the doctor's office that I've seen kind of has the same receptionists and same nurses and same people for so long. Um, So maybe it's just something that, or maybe they're not paying attention to the TV. I wouldn't imagine somebody in their right mind, knowing what that show is, would have it on for kids. That's just me. But I get what you're saying. Uh, Thank you for the submission. Here we go. This one is, okay, it's, it says, uh, Jason Burr's unacceptable, no relation to Bill, uh, I believe. Jason Burr's unacceptable 42nd birthday. And this is from Felicia K. Burr. Okay. So I'm imagining there is a relation here. Okay. Hi, Paul. I don't know if you remember me, but I am the wife of you and Bill's biggest fan stalker, Mr. Jason Burr. LOL. We both saw you guys in Huntsville last year. And in Birmingham the year before. Uh, super shows, by the way. We gave you uh, a little treat after the Huntsville show. Anyway, oh, I remember. I remember. You guys rock uh, serious. And I know this isn't really an unacceptable, but it could be an unacceptable that you guys don't come through Alabama anymore because we totally dig you guys, man. I appreciate that. Uh, and... And really wanting, begging, and pleading uh, that you, sweet Paul, dearest Paul, uh, send uh, a birthday out to my sweetheart, who is the love of my life. Thank you forever, Paul. Best to you and your family, Felicia Burr. Well, uh, I want to say then, absolutely, I do remember you guys. Uh, I do remember how cool you guys were when we were in Huntsville. <clears throat> so thank you so much again. I would love to come back. Now that I'm touring, I don't know if I'm going to work my hour through that area, to be honest. But if I do, I'd love for you guys to come out. And uh, I would like to say uh, happy birthday to you, Jason Burr, from me on the show The Verzi Effect, which was requ- uh, requested by your lovely wife, Felicia. Uh, happy 42nd birthday, buddy. Thank you for the support. Thank you for um, being a fan, listening to the show, and uh, you obviously have an awesome, uh, awesome wife. So there you go. Happy birthday, and thank you for the submission. Uh, here we go. Let's see here. Lloyd, leave the cat alone. Get down. Get Lloyd. All right. 
Uh, here we go. This one is Blood on the Toilet. That is the name of this unacceptable. Blood on the Toilet. I can't imagine this being good. All right, so here we go with this one from Matt. Okay. This is from Matt. Oh, man. Uh, Lavinka. I think it's Lavinka. I'm sorry. Paul, just heard... You read an unacceptable about a guy stinking up the office toilet, and it reminded me of a situation at work recently. Uh, I'm accustomed to the occasional toxic dead animal smell that sometimes hits you in the face when entering a men's room. Uh, I've, <laughs> I've even grown accustomed to walking into a stall where somebody apparently rubs uh, their shitty asshole on the seat. Oh, man, that, really? Like, that's, I don't know if I've ever, all right. Uh, <laughs> it wasn't all that long ago that I walked into the stall and froze when I saw smears of blood on the toilet seat. To begin with, I was working in a small building and the bathroom only had two stalls. One of them was too small and if you're tall like me, the door would hit your knees when you shut it. That means only one stall was really worth using and there's blood all over the seat. To make matters worse... There's only eight guys who use the bathroom, and one of them had recently taken a leave of absence due to some mysterious, contagious disease of the butthole, and now he's back at work. Wow. Oh, man. It didn't take long to realize he was the guy with the blood cornhole. Uh, <laughs> the worst part isn't that this happened. It is that uh, he left it there. I know... I know you saw it, you fucking animal. Words can't describe the anger I felt over this guy knowingly putting other people's health at risk. This is blatantly disrespectful and flat-out disgusting. For about four months, this happened daily. I told my boss about it, but nothing was ever done about it until this guy quit to take care of his sick mother. And, and I never saw blood on the seat again. What kind of fucking animal leaves blood on the toilet seat in a shared restroom? Lock him up in South America, <laughs> in a in a South American prison, and make him scrub. <laughs> the ah, <laughs> the lat rinds, the lat rinds, with the clothes he's wearing. Unfucking unacceptable. Sincerely, the bishop. P.S.F.Y.I. Fugo is pronounced Fuego. Uh, very funny. Very disgusting. Uh, yeah, just, I don't even know. I don't know how that was, like, not taken care of by the boss, especially if people can say, look, I don't feel comfortable working here while I need to go to the bathroom once a day or I, I don't want to, you know, and even if you're not sitting on the bowl, you know what I mean? <laughs> this is hilarious. Even if you're not sitting on the bowl, you know, even if you just know that the guy had a contagious thing of the butt and now you got to go in there, even if you go in there to take a pee, you don't know what's in the air. You know, it's just a kind of a gross thing. There's something about walking into a bathroom that smells nice and has a nice scent to it of, of you know, cleaning products. And, you know, you're in a place that's like sterile. It's, it's nice, you know, um, going into a place like that with blood and you're just like, I don't know what's going on with this guy. It's just uh, 
I don't know. That's awful, disgusting, and very unacceptable. Thank you, Matt. I hope I didn't mess up your name. Thank you for uh, the unacceptable. All right, here we go. Checking in from Florida, from Joseph uh, Tronkel. Uh, hey, Paul. As always, thanks for giving me something to look forward to during the week. Well, you are thank, you are uh, welcome, and thank you for listening, Joseph. I uh, just wanted to point out how unacceptable it was for Madonna to say that someone needs to blow up the White House. I imagine you may already have addressed this before uh, you get this email, but I had no... No, I did not address it, by the way. Uh, but I had no point... Uh, but I had to point out how irresponsible that statement really is considering the large audience as well as large uh, number of crazed assholes who are willing to commit horrendous acts in the name of politics. Uh, I also don't quite understand hearing the woman's march yell about homophobia. Uh, let me see this. I, I want to make sure I, get, I say this right because I know a lot of people are, this is a sensitive time. So let me just read this again. I apologize. I also don't quite understand hearing the woman's march yell about homophobia when Trump is the first ever president entering his presidency with an approach that is pro-gay rights. What the fuck is wrong with you idiots? Also, uh, you nature-loving environmentalists uh, left all your cardboard and poster board signs in the streets that you paraded around on. Uh, I hear littering is great for the environment uh, you care so deeply about. That's actually a great point. I never even thought about that. Um, the sad part is I'm not even a GOP guy or hard right individual on most issues, but I don't remember protests, let alone death threats, four years ago when Obama won again and he has been uh, measurably a bad president if you actually look at the facts. Uh, my only hope is that the enemies of the truth will somehow be silenced under their own evil weight. In closing, I'd like to ask you, Paul, how many Americans do you know right now that are actually rooting for the leader of their country, the greatest one in the world, to fail? It makes me sad, man. Lock these destructive anti-American fucks inside a cage and send them away like half of them promised they would if Trump won. Ivanka 2020 starts now, you baby uh, back bitches. Sorry for the long rant. All love, Joe. Well, all right, Joe, you want to open this can of worms? Let's do it. Uh, I love some things you said here. I understand some of the frustration. Um, I understand other people's frustration, too. This is a crazy time. This is um, an unfortunate uh, time as far as people being divided. I don't like it. Uh, you can't go on social media without all these people freaking out. Um, I'll say this. Um, the crybaby stuff and the people freaking out makes me glad that he won because, um, you know, it just shows that, you know, uh, get a better candidate to go against him. That's what I say. I mean, at the end of the day, Obama said it, and I agree with it. I, I don't want to sound like a broken record, but, like, the people that are so upset, you know, the bottom line is Hillary Clinton was the wrong person. She, you know, there's many reasons. I mean, she had a million skeletons in the closet. She wasn't really likable. There was a ton of things saying that she was manipulative and she was a liar. I mean, say what you want about Trump, but at least Trump was not having, you know, Trump was just getting pounded for his mouth and the, and the kind of the over-the-top, crazy, ridiculous things he would say. Hillary actually had a history of things, you know. the There was just a lot of stuff going on. So I think... 
Um, you, sh you know, the Democrats on the left should have had a better candidate to go against them. And I think that, you know, I think that that's part of the problem. As far as what Madonna said, I did talk about this. I was on Bobby Kelly's podcast with um, Casey and uh, Anthony, Anthony Cumia, Casey Balsham. And, and we talked about, um, we talked about this. Uh, I'll say this, that if that was tables were turned and that was a uh, Republican or somebody on the right saying that the White House should be blown up if, like, Hillary was in there, I think the backlash would have been insanely worse. Um, so, uh, yeah, I I just think that it's sad. I don't think she should have said that, and I think that she's getting way more of a pass than somebody else would have, like I just said. Um, I think that rooting against the president is ridiculous. I said that even people that didn't like Obama— when uh, Rush Limbaugh said something along the lines that he hoped Obama would fail, uh, I, I think that that's ridiculous. I never wanted to root against any leader of my country. Um, that's just kind of how I am. I think people are different. I think that people do treat, another thing Bobby said on his podcast is right, they treat politics like religion, and you, and you really can't, you know, um, yeah, the, 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 the environmentalist thing is, is, is wild. I never even thought about that. That's kind of a good point. People getting like wood signs and, and just like littering all over the place after uh, nobody thinks about that. So, uh, yeah, it's just a shitty, sad time right now with everybody being divided. Try not to look at it as much. I try to kind of, um, you know, hopefully it just settles down. And, and people could just go on with their lives and, and, you know, and if you really want to make that much of a change or, or get a guy like Donald Trump out of office, just get a better candidate next time and, and have somebody that doesn't have all those miles and, and baggage and, and see what happens, you know. Um, I'm all for a candidate that, that is, I don't care about the party anymore, you know. Um, I'm all for a candidate that just everybody could kind of get behind and the people that don't like them will accept at least and it just doesn't seem like that's happening here. So uh, I, I agree with a lot of stuff you said. I think it is a sad time. I think people should, you know, I mean, but then again, I mean, and I really will say this, though, Joseph, and I don't mean to be, uh, you know, I'm not trying to be, you know, devil's advocate here, but, you know, Trump does need to stop tweeting about things. He does. He needs to stop tweeting at petty things that don't matter. You know, it's like the same guy that says he doesn't care about celebrities and he doesn't, you know, care if celebrities like him, then stop tweeting at them. You know, the way you show you don't care about something is if you don't let it get to you and you don't have to fight every single battle with a t tweet as a president of the United States of America. So I think that, that some of those things need to stop. Um, I think Donald Trump can help his cause a little bit. And I think if Donald Trump did come out, Eddie Brill said this, Eddie Brill, um, Long time, long time comedian. He used to book the uh, David Letterman show. Um, and he said something. And he said, and I agree with this, you know, because Obama said this too. When Obama, you know, won and he knew people were upset, he's like, look, I'm your president too. I think Trump needs to kind of come. I think if Trump came out and did say that he respects women and that, uh, you know, he is, you know, pro gay rights and that, you know, this and that and just kind of, you know, I think if he did that and spoke more, but. It's weird. He stays quiet about things that make people go nuts about, and then he tweets about little petty things. It just doesn't make sense to me. It's like, how about you stop tweeting? And I'm just playing devil's advocate here because I think that this is a big reason why there's a division uh, or a divided America. And listen, it's always going to be divided, but I think you can ease the blow. I think you can, can, can help the cause 
And I think you can make people feel a little more comfortable because this all comes from fear. Everybody that's upset about this, everybody that's freaking out, it's fear. It's fear of a war, World War III. It's fear of people's rights being taken away. It's all kinds of fear, and then people just get outraged and start talking. But I don't understand why Donald Trump doesn't stop tweeting and fight every little battle and kind of let the critics or his critics, women or you know people, homo, homosexual people and things like that, just kind of you know reassure that. And I think that that's kind of where he went wrong in his... Um, Inaugural speech, you know, I walked away from his inaugural speech because I was, I, it was cringing the way it was just negative. It wasn't, it wasn't a celebratory thing. It was negative. It's like, we need to do this and we need to do that. And we're going to do this. And it's like all the things that he said, getting there. Now you got there. Now it's time to be somewhat, somewhat fucking human. You have a little bit of humility, man. You know what I mean? Have a little bit. Just say, listen, I know there's people. I don't understand why these politicians don't go, listen. I know half of you people are upset right now. I know half of you people didn't want me here. But I'm going to do everything I can to make you feel comfortable. I'm going to do everything I can to keep your rights. I don't want, you know, at least try. Or, you know, if he if he's pro-gay rights, say it. If he does respect women, what she does, say it. Because he knows. I mean, then, then he does little comments like, yeah, I was wrong with that. But, like, say it on a grand fucking press conference to make people at least, you know, listen, they're still going to be cunty about it. They're still going to be all upset. They're going to say, well, it's not, it's not real. It's not genuine. But I think it eases the blow a little bit. And instead, it seems like he's putting his energy towards tweeting about things that just really don't make sense and, and, and doing things that, that uh, somebody who's a president uh, should never do. Uh, but as far as what you said here, with the Madonna comment, with the comment of like rooting against it, if it even if it's good or you know, or it seems like they would be rooting against it even if it's good and rooting against it, it doesn't make sense to me. So um, I'm with you on that, and I never even thought that environmental thing is is kind of funny. Uh, so thank you so much, Joseph, for the um, for the uh, submission. And Lucas, I'm gonna be done soon, buddy. All right. Thank you for the submission, and uh, thank you for listening. Got two more here, guys. Two more. Here we go. Uh, what else do we have? Why is there two here? All right. Let me see here. This one is from Ryan Gennaro. Ryan says, uh, this one's called, I feel bad for your baby. And it says, uh, Tubish, hold on, make sure. Lucas, are you inside? Yeah. All right. I'm just going to read something bad here. I don't know my son listens to this. Um, all right, tub of shit, pregnant bitch, and Domino's. <laughs> Waiting for some shitty, greasy food. Fantastic nutrition for your unborn child, you low IQ dope. You're bringing new life into this world. Get it together. She was either pregnant or just had a gut shaped like an oversized beach ball. Unacceptable either way. Hit the treadmill and drink a kale smoothie. Lock her in a pig pen with a vat of organic pig slop. And make her eat her way out. Jesus, I love you, Verzi. Uh, thank you. Uh, <laughs> thank you, I guess. Uh, and yeah, I mean, if she's pregnant, she shouldn't, I wouldn't be eating, I wouldn't be eating Domino's. Um, and if you are going to eat pizza when you're pregnant, at least get a pie from a, you know, a non-franchise, I would say. Uh, here's, and this is part of it. Um, okay, yeah, no, no, this was, you did another one and it was attached. It wasn't a new one. Got you. Thank you, Ryan, for the submission. Uh, hilarious. And uh, I agree. Here we go. This is from Matt Kelly. Unacceptable. Last one. 
Unacceptable. Having my wife drive to my job to drop off, drop off a fresh package of baby wipes because I took an uncleanable shit while four guys waited for me to finish. What? <laughs> Wait a minute. Your wife drove to your job to drop off a fresh package of baby wipes because you took an uncleanable shit while four guys waited for me to finish. Lock me up in a cage filled with shit-marked underwear. Oh, and have me scrub the stains out with baby wipes. <laughs> At least it's a good wife, you know? At least she doesn't want you walking around with uh, so somebody's called a cranky ass, which is so funny. Um... Saw you at the stand with Artie and had a fucking blast. Thanks for all the funny part. Oh, you were at that show. Dude, that was a great show. I remember that show, Matt. Um, I remember that show well. As a matter of fact, that's the night that uh, Ron Bennington was in the room hosting, I believe, and asked me to do his show. And that was a lot of fun at the stand. So thank you so much for both listening to the podcast, submitting an unacceptable, and um, yeah, and, and, and coming out to, to the stand is awesome. So thank you guys. All right, that is your guys' unacceptables. Thank you so much. If you want to send your unacceptable to the Verzi Effect podcast, please submit it to unacceptables for TVE at gmail.com. That is unacceptables for F-O-R T-V-E at gmail.com. Um Okay, everybody. We're, let's, let's see what we're doing with time here. Let's see. Uh, oh, here we go. A couple of Twitter ones here. Uh, Anthony Silver, at Anthony W. Silver. At Paul Verzi, when the aisle seat is vacant, but the guy sitting next to you passes out, so you can't tell him to move over. Hashtag unacceptable. And he sent a picture of this this Asian dude out cold on the plane. Uh, well, I guess with the empty seat next to him. Yeah, that's rough, dude. That's rough. Well, at least, you know what? At least you're not waking him up. You know, like, at least you have the... Because somebody could easily just wake them up and just say, hey, man, do you mind moving? But they're letting them sleep. So that's that's kind of cool. Um, is that it for the unacceptables on the... Yes. Oh, John Lampert sent me something here. And he said that I could do video. Hey, man, if you ever wanted to do your podcast in video form uh, and don't mind coming to Jersey. <laughs> well, John, I appreciate that. But I, I go to Jersey. So, fr- I mean... The last thing I want to do is go to Jersey for, a, you know, anything, uh, especially going to do my, my podcast. So I appreciate that, but it's probably not going to happen. Uh, but yeah, I may do some video unacceptables uh, coming up. Uh, here we go. This is from Gary Barton at G Barton 1000. People who put the windows down instead of using the AC in the car to save money on fuel. Uh, hashtag cheap buck, hashtag sweaty animal. I totally agree with that. Totally agree with that one. Uh, let's see how much further we have here. Uh, that was the 23rd. Oh, we got a couple of more. I think we got a couple more. Let's see. Let's see. Um, you can never take the dude I called it crown from Paul Verzi. Somebody said, I'll give you that. Uh, that was from Leo G. 7 OB. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Uh, is that it? That's it. All right. That's it. No, that's not it. This is from Chim uh, Rickolds. Richolds. Tim Richolds. 
Look at these animals. Hashtag unacceptable. Protesters smashing windows at Starbucks and Bank of America in Washington, D.C. during President Trump's inauguration. Yeah, I know. It's getting ugly. People got ugly with it. People got ugly with it. Uh, cry, crying about it's not going to help. You got to you gotta have a better candidate. That's, that's really what it comes down to. All right. Those are the unacceptables, everybody. Thank you so much for your unacceptables. Let's see where we are on time. 59 minutes with uh, a couple things to talk about. Um, all right. So I'll, I'll leave you guys with something, an open-minded, I guess, thought process on something. Okay. Something that has worked for me over time and uh, kind of goes to what we were just talking about with how things are getting ugly and people are, uh, you know, freaking out and all these different things. Okay. Um, you know, look, chances are, chances are things are not going to change for the next four years as far as Trump being in there. I don't think he's going anywhere. He's the president. He's going to be the president. There's going to be people upset and social media gives them a platform and that's it. And that's just it. So, um, what can you do, but hope for the best, uh, pray to God that everything works out for our country in the next four years. Hopefully things get better. Um, and, uh, if not just, you know, the next person, you know, get somebody else in there. I do believe that our setup, uh, in this country every four to eight years is designed. So things never do get so crazy and out of control. I was talking to somebody and we're just talking I've said it before, you know, um, a true, a true change is when a Castro comes in, you know, when a real dictator comes in and they're there for decades and decades and people are threatened that they'll be killed if they're not cheering when they go down the street in a parade. Um, I just think that uh, we have a system now that it's like whatever, you know, this one comes in, this one goes out. But be open-minded on both sides and here's how. I was never really big on, and, and I'm really saying this to help you guys because I get frustrated, you know, um, I find myself like... You know, I was saying today, like, I like when, I like when unreasonable people get devastated. Do you know what I mean? When unreasonable people, when people that just can't reason and they're so one-sided on both sides, whether far right or far left, I like when those people get devastated. Because it just goes to show that where they're emotionally committed to something that they really, they really shouldn't get that crazy about. It kind of is. It lets them know, like, what are you doing? Like, why would you set yourself up to be that devastated? You know, uh, like that woman who fell on her knees and screamed no to the sky. By the way, they showed it up close, and you look at it, you see her looking at the camera, and that was all the show. That's just ridiculous and embarrassing on on many levels. But I guess the point I'm trying to make is like they were talking about climate change, right? Some people don't believe it, other people believe it. At some point, you got to look at it and go, maybe it is happening. Why not? Why does it have to be that the left says it is and the right says it's not? I got to be honest with you. The hottest year was 2014 until guess what? 2015 broke a record as the hottest year ever. Guess what, everybody? 2016, this is a fact. The hottest year to date on earth was 2016. So, so, so 15 broke 14's record. Okay, and 16 broke 15's record. Okay, 
Now, I'm looking out my window. It is almost February, and we really haven't had a winter as far as I'm concerned. So maybe something is going on. I'm not saying it's the end of the world. I'm not saying, but to say that nothing's going on just because you want to prove a political point, I think is ridiculous. I used to be like, ah, whatever, climate change, whatever. I'm not saying, I'm not saying it, it means anything's going to happen. But to deny that something's going on, like there's a reason why everyone's like, wow, this weather's been weird. Why is it 55 degrees in the middle of January? Well, it kind of does tell you something. Maybe something's happening. Just be open-minded to it. I, you know, just be open-minded to it. The same way the left should be open-minded to certain things that 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 people on the right are doing. I just—that's the problem. That's the problem. You know, I, and and I know you guys probably get tired of my stupid centrist ass and and, and my and my my independent ass here. Just you know, just kind of saying that everybody. But like, I don't understand why logic never wins. I've literally listened to grown adults just argue and go, climate change is happening. And people are like, no, it's not. It's ridiculous. It's crazy. And it's like, why does it have to be that way? Why can't somebody on the right and somebody on the left go, yeah, it's probably, yeah, you, you know, it's definitely something's going on. You know, uh, so I looked at that, st- that stat today and I said, you know, and they reported that 16 is the hottest year ever, but then it was 15 and then it was 14. That has to mean something. And you're talking about somebody that never really cared or believed in, in climate change that much. I really didn't. I'll be the first to admit that I was like, ah, I don't know about that. I, you know, the earth has been here for so many years and this could have happened up and down or whatever. But the fact that like it just keeps getting hotter is is got to be an indication of something. That's all I'm saying. So be open-minded to everything is what I'm saying, everybody. All right. Um, but I don't know why I just love when people that are unreasonable, get devastated, you know, like, if you ever watch a boxing match, and when the person is talking shit, you know, talking shit, this, I'm gonna do, and then they get knocked out, you're like, you shouldn't have talked shit, just go in there, like, you know, have, be somewhat humble and honest with yourself, that's all, you know, and I look at it the same thing in politics, I really do, uh, all right, Sports, everybody. I was right about one and wrong about the other. Uh, the Packers, that was a, an embarrassment, a beatdown, and wow. That looked like the early Packers of the season. Um, you know, I mean, I know the Falcons are good, but that was that was a beatdown. I did not think the game was going to be. I thought the Packers would keep it close and maybe come back and win and ride it. I was believing the hype, and uh, no. Kudos to the Falcons. Uh, Matt Ryan, that offense looks as as scary as I've ever seen an offense. Um, and the defense is pretty good, so that's going to be a good game. Uh, Patriots won handily against the Steelers. Uh, Steelers just young, made mistakes. I, I you know, look, um, I think it's going to be a great Super Bowl. I think it's going to be a classic Super Bowl. I think it's going to come down to the end. Um, I do think it's going to be one of the good ones. I, you know... I said maybe the Falcons by like a like a one or two point game, something really nuts like that. I'll make my final decision next week, but should be good. It seems like, you know, two really top great teams, great quarterbacks, MVP candidates, uh, both in it. You know, if Rodgers was in it, it would have been the two best quarterbacks. But Ryan, since he's having an MVP year, it makes for a really good Super Bowl. So we'll see what happens with that. Um, really bad NFL playoffs this year. Probably the worst, just snooze fests. You know, I knew they were bad because I was getting up and cooking during them. You know, anytime, like, you don't care if you get up in the middle of a drive to make a drink or cook. Like, that never happens with me. It's just, But when you're up 17 points in the third quarter and you clearly control the game, I mean, I could go make a drink. It's over. It's over. 
You know, why, why am I not going to go and cook and, and if, if, you know, the team is just getting the shit kicked out of them? But other than that Cowboy game, these, these playoffs sucked and it, ratings were down and, and rightfully so. Just wasn't really good games that, that much this year. Um, or, or I should say for the playoffs. Um, but uh, other news in sports. Uh, looks like Carmelo Anthony is going to be going soon. I got, you know, it's, it's looking like Phil Jackson just... You know, even when they have a sit-down, it doesn't look like they're talking. So it looks like uh, Carmelo Anthony is going to be going. And um, we'll see what happens with the Knicks. Uh, took my son to his first Ranger game this year. We went to see the Rangers play the um, the Devils. And um, something really cool happened afterwards. Oh, not the Devils. I'm sorry. We took we saw the Rangers play the Kings. That's right. My son just popped in and goes, no, no, Dad, the Kings. Uh, you're right. You're right. The Kings. And then... Derek Stebon from the Rangers came out and met um, my buddy Jeff and my neighbor did his house, worked with him. So, they call, you know, I just hit him up. We waited. He came out, met the kids, was a super nice guy, and uh, it was a great time. Rangers won 3-2. to two. Really should have been 3-1. to one. Like, they scored with, like, you know, they pulled a goalie out, 1.6 or 1.8 left. Uh, and it was a great game. It made my son really like hockey, and it made me say, oh, you know what, I'll watch a hockey game. Now we could sit and watch a hockey game together. So now, even though football's going to be over, we could watch the Knicks one night, we could watch the Rangers another night, and then baseball's going to start uh, Baseball's going to start soon too. So uh, that's pretty much it for sports. No movie, guys. I do not have a movie this year. I mean, this uh, this week. But I will have one next week because I think I'm going tonight and I think I'm going to see two this weekend. I'm hearing really good things about the M. Night Shyamalan movie Split. And uh, that's it. Let's go to plugs. Everybody got a lot of plugs. Um, And the biggest one is going to be in April or May. I will let you guys know when I shoot the special. Uh, Please come out to the Comedy Connection in Providence. I will be performing, headlining the Comedy Connection in Providence February 17th. And 18th, Friday and Saturday. Great club, great area in Providence, great owners, everything. So please come out to Comedy Connection in Providence, Rhode Island. Friday, February 17th and Saturday, February 18th. I will also be working some stuff in New York City. I will be working in um, Jersey on February 3rd. If you're in the New Jersey area, February 3rd, I'll be at the Marriott Courtyard in Mount Arlington, New Jersey. Uh, so please check that out. Um, should be a great show. That is February 3rd next weekend. Um, and for other dates and everything, please check out paulverzi.com. Go to my Twitter, at paulverzi. That's V-I-R-Z-I. This has been the Verzi Effect Podcast, episode 291. I know I said I was going to have some guests on to talk. We are. We're working on that. I'm going to try to do that in a studio in New York instead of have people come all the way upstate to my house. So uh, I will uh, let you guys know about that. Thank you guys for tuning in. This has been 291. Until next time, I hope everybody has a good time in between. Take care and be safe, everybody.